It's time to ignite your life, empowering from the inside out. Stop comparing yourself to others. Imagine creating your lifeliness the way you choose. This is Now Women Ignite. You're about to meet some amazing entrepreneurs who will share their journey and the ups and downs that led them to where they are today. Listen with an open mind and heart. Now, here is your host, Karen Wright. Listeners, welcome in. This is Now Women Ignite. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Now means so much more. The time to unite business savvy entrepreneurs to a higher level is happening. Are you going to move forward or stay put? Are you willing to step up and ignite together? My guest today, Stephanie Taylor, is one amazing powerhouse in the Ogden, Utah area. Stephanie, we're so excited to have you with us today. How are you doing? Good. How are you? So good. I am so good. As we begin the podcast, Stephanie, I really love to bring our guests together. Um, And I always do like a little affirmation where we just breathe for a second and unite each other. And I always believe in leaning in with our heart and kind of putting the ego behind and just being raw and upfront and who we are. So listeners, as always, I invite you to close your eyes and cross your legs wherever you're and just relax, sitting comfortably, taking a deep breath into your nose and out through your mouth. Another deep breath in and out through your mouth. And one more deep breath in. And out through your mouth. And now bring your arms up around your shoulders like you're giving yourself a big hug. And repeat this affirmation. I am exactly where I need to be. I am exactly where I need to be. I am exactly where I need to be. Another deep breath in and release. And taking your finger and tapping three times on your chest, accept, accept, accept. One more deep breath in and blow out. Listeners, I hope that as you did that with us, I know it's just a couple minutes, but just taking that time for you to being present, to being in the now, understanding the importance of your breath. And that breath is a gift of life. So as we begin, I'm going to do our affirmation cards. And I was showing Stephanie, listeners, um, look at my new affirmation cards. And now affirmation cards are done and printed. And you can find them online at karenatshinenowornever.com. And you can order them, we can send them out. And I'm just so excited, so excited because affirmations are um, something that has reprogrammed my mind in self-taught, self-thinking about who I am, what I am. And it was a journey that I was on for healing. And even though we're powerhouses and we're women that are entrepreneurs and we're out there in the world, uh, we can get bombarded. And sometimes self-doubt sets in. And so I'm always, affirmations are just really important to me. 
So as I read them, Stephanie, I would love it if you would join in and share with the listeners how you felt when I read this or what, what your thoughts are about them. And today we have two, and I'm so sorry we got two. <laughs> they just popped out both of them. And you know how I do that. It's like, <laughs> there they go. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll see. We'll see what my brain comes up with. It's going to be like, oh, it's, I've got to do this. Got to do this. We'll see. Might be- It'll be totally fine. So the first one is be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I love that. Be the change you want to see in the world. That card, it speaks for itself. Like, isn't it? It's such the truth that it's like, it applies to the golden rule. It applies to everything you try and teach your children or the people you work with. Like, you know, if you want, if you want something to look a certain way, then, you know, you should be the person that emulates that. I love that. And I think it's important. I was talking to um, a friend the other day and people come with their personalities and some can be very toxic. Yeah. And you have to learn to understand you don't need to change to accommodate them. Yeah. You continue to be the person you want to be. And I think that's important because change involving for your better good is what's, what's important. So I think that's awesome. Okay. Here's our next one. Oh, I promise to never divorce myself again. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I can promise that because I'm ever changing. And sometimes I think, you know what? I don't like the person that I've been for a little while. You know, you get into a funk and you're like, I'm, I'm done with that person. I'm going to go ahead and move on. So I might see that card a little differently, but, um, sometimes I think that it does take divorcing, just like you brought up that negative energy of some people. Sometimes I find myself doing that and getting in that groove. And I think this isn't the person I want to be. I want to night and dance in the kitchen and, you know, and not be the person that uh, is finding everything wrong. So I love that answer. Thank you. Listeners, I hope you wrote those affirmations down. Be the change you want to see in the world. And I promise to never divorce myself again. And take those affirmations and sit on them. And how does it apply to you in your life where you're at at this time? So, Stephanie, I would love you to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, Who Stephanie Taylor is. (laughs) Uh, My name is Stephanie Taylor. I am the president of the Northern Wasatch Association of Realtors. Um, I uh, run a real estate brokerage and have about 70 agents that I work with and then have a team that I work with as well. Um, I also, um, run some work for new construction. My better half and I, uh, build spec homes and, um, kind of add inventory to the market. And then, uh, I have a blessing of keeping my dad busy in his retirement. I was raised by, um, I was raised with a father in new construction. So, um, I kind of get to do that too, but, um, yeah, I have five children. Um, an amazing supportive spouse and uh, just a wonderful life. It's really full and yeah. Yeah. And I love Stephanie. Stephanie is my broker at Real Lady Path. And I fell in love with Stephanie the first time I saw her. <laughs> like, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> Careful she is just, she's so full of knowledge and understanding. And I just, I love that about her and she retains and she knows the business and being in the real estate world. I mean, it's the number one investment and a huge investment for people. And so it's always about serving and making sure you're on point 
And I'm, I've always told my, my clients, if I don't know the answer, I will find it. And I always call Stephanie and Stephanie knows <laughs> no matter what. And she's always good. Yeah. I'm getting on the plane, but send that doc over and I'll look at it. I mean, this is Steph replying to me when I'm like going, Oh my gosh, I got a question for you. And she's always there. And I just love that about that. I think that consistency is so important. She's been a huge rock in my, in my business side, but also my personal side, along with the other realtors as being the president this year. And let's talk a little bit about that. What is it like? What are your responsibilities? Yeah. So, uh, that's a good question. I am, um, I'm the head of our board of directors for the Northern Wasatch Associations. We have 15 members and then we have an association executive and we have staff and it's my job to head up PR and make sure that our committees are, are effective. Um, the education is on point, community outreach, government affairs. We do a lot of work lobbying with the state to make sure that we're protecting private property rights for our general public. And so a lot of that just is encompassed in what I do. Um, making sure to get information out there to the public is huge. So I put out articles monthly about different changes in the market. Um, I serve on a board of directors for the Utah Association of Realtors as well. And then um, uh, work on behalf of the MLS as a shareholder. So all of it kind of is encompassed in just making sure that we are successful in our industry in helping to protect um, it's it and then the public, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you 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 said a word in there that caught my <laughs> attention. Change, change. There's a lot of change going on right now in the real estate market, isn't there? So much change. So much change. So well, I would I would love you to share just with. If you're a buyer or wanting to sell, like, how has the market changed in yeah. the last, like, what, six months, four months? Yeah. Okay. March, so, April. I want to say, like, in April, it flipped. April, May. Yeah. So um, we've obviously seen historically low interest rates. And what that basically does is that if if they come out and give you 25 or 3% interest for 30 years, which I would never loan somebody half a million dollars for 30 years at 3%, but that's what was happening. And we were seeing over two years and with a pandemic, people needing to work from home, people needing bigger space, people recognizing that they could sell what they're in or buy, which you know, is a huge blessing, right? For buyers mm-hmm. to go have that opportunity. And then of course that supply and demand created a change for sellers, but you know, the federal reserve came out at the end of last year and said, Hey, we're going to increase rates. We're at a place where we're going to go ahead and start increasing that we need to curb inflation. And come March, they started doing that. And it really flipped our market. Um, and, and it's kind of been shaking ever since where people are just trying to catch up and figure out what they need to know. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and it'll take time, right? People have short-term memory. And so they get very scared and go, well, what does this mean? This is great. What this means for buyers is that we're finding a healthy balance. The rates mm-hmm. we have now are still historically very healthy. It's lower than the like first home I bought when I was 19 years old. And it's a great thing because it allows you to put a roof over your head that's stable. No one can raise your rent. You can paint the walls if you want to. You can have a tax deduction. There's so many beautiful things and it inflates in value, unlike cars and recreational vehicles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
even if it's at a small amount. And so it's a huge benefit for buyers, even at the rates that we have now. Um, and for sellers, it, it'd be good for them to understand that inflation really did need to be curbed, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we were at. You know, that, that change was needed so that we can find a healthy balance. And, and our market now has triple the amount of inventory that we did in March, um, which is great because people have more options. But now sellers need to be a little bit, re, you know, realistic about what they're selling their home for, because the person who bought the $400,000 house in March at 3% interest versus double the interest rate today, it's a thousand dollars a month difference in interest or in your payment. So right. that kicks out a lot of buyers and I, and it's, and it's hard and that's sad because the people that got into that, you know, into the market and were able to get a home, in my opinion, they should never sell that keep that thing forever. Rent it, mm -hmm. probably an unpopular opinion for those people that want to be able to sell those. But I <laughs> just think that there's so much value to that. And I think that that change is healthy. I think people should be looking at it with a beautiful lens instead of a, a fearful one. Um, with the sellers. So if you're going in to do a presentation to list a home, what, how would you approach a seller who's like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, kind of crazy, but they're in their mindset, they still want that $600,000 home that was priced back in January, February. And now it's yeah. August. I'm such a fan of statistics. It's so nerdy, <laughs> but they don't lie. That's I mean, why I love you. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it really is such a beautiful thing because I can take the, the data from the multiple listing service, which is a huge value to us as realtors. And I can show people how many price reductions that they've had, the homes in the area that they have to compete with. And when you take an active property and show it to a seller and say, this person lives, you know, three doors down from you and their home's listed at this and looking at the pictures, you know, they have this feature, this, whatever, mm -hmm. um, it helps them become a little bit more realistic. Um, and then, you know, you have to have a hard conversation about the fact that the market is different and they can either get on board or, or they can't it'll take time for sellers to really see that there's that change and why. Um, but they're still getting about 25% inflation over the last two years. So if you can imagine the amount of homes that went up 50% in value purely based upon inflation, they're still getting way more for their, that house than they probably ever thought that they could. Because most right. of the time when you buy a home, it takes about five to seven years for you to kind of break even on the selling costs and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. with yeah. And then it's almost like another seven years to at least double it. Like you just said, and people are doubling it in six months. <laughs> like it was insane. Yeah. And people are trying to sell a house they bought a year ago. I'm thinking, don't do that. You were 3% a year ago. That, that, that makes no sense. Keep yeah. It. Keep it. Just hang on to it. I think that's important. I know I listed a house um, in May and within one week, like the, it dropped. And so I did the approach. I'm like, here, here are the facts. Here's what's going on. And this is what's selling the whole thing like you just said. And sellers, my sellers are very like, okay, this is, this is what I see and I get it. And in their mindset, I know that every seller has, I will only go this low. Yeah. And I think it's important that the communication between the seller and the agent is that. So the agent understands what's their bottom line. 
my sellers had their bottom line. But then when I brought them the statistics and I said, this is where we're going. And if we don't like bring the house down to the price it should be at, you're going to be sitting on market longer than two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, because things aren't moving like they were. It wasn't like a 24 hour. Well, and what's great about about that time on market is that that's actually healthy, right? People got so caught up in selling their home in three hours. They don't realize that spending six weeks on market is again, historically very healthy. The right buyer comes in, you have normal negotiations. Um, And so if they, if they're okay with time, then it's all right that they list their home, you know, for right at what the comparables show. But if they're in a hurry, they need to understand that there's a give and take. If you're in a hurry, you need to list it probably below that market value to sell it quicker than your neighbors, because otherwise they have options and they're going to take their time to weigh those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's been crazy. So how do you, when people are like, oh, we can, you know, go online and sell it with different companies. I don't want to throw out names um, and only, you know, do 3% and save us another 3%, you know. How do you approach that when people are going that direction, when sellers are going that direction? How do you give, what information would you give them? How do you help them understand the importance of a realtor? Because people think our job's just, oh, you just put up a sign and write up the contracts and negotiate and there you go. And you collect a check. And that's just wrong. It's not that way. (laughs) No, there's so many hats that have to be worn. And You know, I personally, I give a resume of everything that I've done in my career because I want them to know that they're, I mean, they're hiring me, right? So it'd be like any other job interview you go to. I want them to have a timeline of my, you know, expertise over the last 15 years so that they can decide for themselves if I'm the right person for them. And then I can show, you know, my own personal stats without antitrust, you know, issues or, and laws coming into place. I'm not going to discourage anyone else's business. But I can say you get what you pay for. And here's the thing. If if I can show you that statistically the homes that I list sell in this amount of time frame without price reductions, you know, again, with statistics, then I'm showing you my value. And it's okay if that doesn't work for everyone. There are there's stats on a state level and a nationwide level, and I don't have them in front of me now, but you know, that show how much less somebody gets for a house when they list it as a for sale by owner or they list it um, with like, a in a discounted way, because, Mm -hmm. um, those services go down and those, uh, you know, those might be the right thing for that person. There's plenty of models out there Mm -hmm. and none of them are wrong because the beautiful part about our, our industry is that it's competition. I mean, you and I compete with each other, but we also Mm -hmm. respect each other. And I love that. I love that about this industry. The, The great thing is, For some people, they don't ever want someone stepping foot into their personal space. They'd rather sell it to a company at 70 cents on the dollar of what it's worth just to never have somebody walk through. That's right for them. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage people, if that's right for you, that's okay. There is plenty, plenty of business to go around. There's plenty of people that need the opposite service and want a full service person to help get them through that transaction because it is very emotionally and mentally taxing. And it's hard for people to, to know all the ins and outs of what they don't know, but that's part of the problem. They, they may use a company because they don't know what they don't know. And uh, that's okay. They either learn the lesson or they love it. 
And I like the, I love how you approach that, that there's different, people want different things. And so there's a, a variety of what people can do, whether it's for sale by owner or third parties or whatever. I think that's, um, and I enjoy that you do that because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel like they're selling us, like not short, but I'm more of a service person. So I'm a hands-on. I yeah. want to be there with my clients and let them know and reassure and help them get boxes and pack up and, and just be there for them during that time. Because to me, it's about the relationship building and not everyone wants a relationship with a realtor. <laughs> I don't know why. We're wonderful. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, some people are just like, look, this is a transaction. I need you to do this. You know, here's what's important to me. And that's part of just increasing the professionalism in our industry and figuring out what is important to your client, getting the education to go, okay, well, is negotiating this important to you or, or is this important to you? I mean, those are so valuable in any industry, in my opinion, but especially in ours, because you're right. Like you said at the, at the beginning, this is one of the biggest purchases of someone's life in most cases. And we should make it a comfortable one. We should do everything possible so that they're not stressed out at 2 a.m. and unable to sleep and wondering if we're doing our job. You know, we should be the professionals and then we don't have to worry about anyone else's business model. Yeah, I think that's important. And then communication with your clients um, to me is key. Well, communication in all relationships, whatever, even saying hi to the clerk at the store, like that's communicating and it's just important to me. But understanding what each of the, like it's one seller, two sellers selling the house, what they expect from you yeah. and asking, what do you want from me? And, yeah. and listening and not being like, like being in the now, because this is so important, like being in the now, being present with your clients, being present with the person across from you. Yeah. Taking notes and listening, what is important and their time frame, And even with buyers, like sometimes buyers are showing them 20 homes and they're changing their mind. You're like, what am I missing here? You know, what's going on? Yeah. You wanted this. Like, okay, let's sit down and let's do a wish list. <laughs> Your top four of what you really want. And then just narrows it down and things like that. But sometimes it's like, you kind of have to like go into it with what is important for your clients. Yeah. And I've noticed that buyers think they know what they want, but it kind of like, you don't, you almost can't choose who you love, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you fall in love. I think some people walk into a house and for whatever reason, even if it doesn't check all or any of the boxes they thought they wanted, they fall in love with it. And if they can mentally move into that home, that's what matters. And our job is to facilitate the best possible deal for them, for the home that they fall in love with, even if it is nothing they said they wanted. And, you know, I've, I've shown, you know, a client over 60 homes. I lost count after 60 and all over many counties. And I thought, she does not know what she wants. And when she found the place, it did not check all the boxes, but she's still there like six years later. Mm -hmm. She absolutely made it into what she wanted. I think for her, it gave her something she didn't know she was looking for. And then she created the rest. And it's so impressive to me because I, I looked at that situation going, what did I get wrong? Did I not communicate correctly? Did, did I not listen to what she needed? You know, I really got very introspective about, you know, was I doing my best for her 
And then I realized the first time I went, I went to go visit her after she had made some changes that it was just that that home checks some boxes she didn't know she needed until she walked into it. So it all works out, but as long as you're yeah. right, communicating and doing our best. So. Yeah. And I have seen when buyers walk into a house and they fall in love, it flows, it feels a feng shui of, the, of what it is and the, they can see themselves in it and how important that is. Cause I've done that with the homes I bought and I walk yeah. in, it's like, this is it. I can yeah. just feel it's like, I love this. This is the flow, the ebb, I just, you feel it. And then you create what you want to, to, you know, to check those boxes off, which is, I love checking boxes off. It's so I do too. That's my whole personality. I love just being able to check some boxes. My, my kids joke that my favorite hobby is calendaring, which is really so lame, but honestly, nothing feels better than just making sure everything is dialed in and color coded and checked off. And, um, it gives me peace, you know, so I think that's really important. I do my list every morning, what I'm going to do. And, you know, and I, I love that. Before we go into break, Stephanie, what got you into real estate? So uh, my father was a home builder, as, as I mentioned, and I wanted to work with him. And I thought this would be great. We were really close growing up. I always staked out job sites and, you know, clean job sites and did all sorts of stuff. So I got into working with him. And then I kind of branched out from there and now he's retired mostly and we keep him busy in his retirement, um, being our foreman for our new construction. So, Oh, I love that. What age were you when you actually went in and got your realtor's license and went that route? 23. Okay. How was him? 23. You're a youngin. <laughs> You're a youngin. And I love that. Age now. <laughs> you what? Just giving away my age now, since I told you I've been doing this for 15 years. <laughs> oh, but that's okay, because you're a powerhouse at what you do. And I think that's just really important. As we, as you found something that you loved. And I love the fact that your father, you want to be with your dad and helping him and learning the business. And you were the grunt man. You were doing the cleaning. You were doing the labor. You were doing all of that. Yeah. And you understand the process of building which just like opened up your world even more so in the real estate side of it for pre-existing and new build. So true. So true. And I love that. Listeners, you are listening to Now Women Ignite. We're going into a quick break and we'll be back right after this message. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The book Now or Never, Shine Baby Shine, is authored by number one international best-selling author Karen Wright. Karen's book invites readers to learn and grow through every aspect of her life. She invites all who have experienced any loss in their life to take time, read, and feel her words as she opens her soul page after page. Through each twist and turn of her journey, Karen invites her readers to heal and become the person you are truly meant to be. Find your truth, live now, and shine. Visit shinenowornever.com or look for the book on amazon.com. Everyone knows a realtor. A seasoned realtor, Karen Wright, has the experience and the knowledge of this crazy market. Whether you are a first-time homeowner, 
downsizing, or divorced, Karen understands the importance of easing the pressure for her clients. A hands-on realtor, Karen has been known to paint rooms, box up toys, bring food to her exhausted clients, and even help them find movers and cleaners to help simplify the process. She reminds her clients to take a deep breath and trust in her. For your next real estate needs, remember Karen Wright at Realty Path Summit. Visit yourbestmoveyet.net. You're listening to Now Women Ignite. To be a guest on the podcast or connect with a host, send an email to Karen at shinenowornever.com. Let's get back to today's podcast. Here again is Karen Wright. Listeners, welcome back to Now Women Ignite. This podcast is bringing women together in all aspects of life through entrepreneurship, coaching, business-wise, learning to get along, learning to not compete, but not endure either, but just be there. No more comparison, just allowing us to be the individuals we are, the powerhouses that we are, and bringing the Wasatch Front in Utah together. I just am so excited with this podcast, and I'm focusing on the women in the local area and women who have empowered me, who have um, guided me and directed me. And I just even though I'm enthralled with them, they've added to me to make me a better person and being able to learn and grow from other women, I think is so, so empowering. We as women are wonderful. And I feel the strength within all of us every time I meet someone new. And I just think, oh my gosh, what a beautiful person, what a beautiful human, what a beautiful woman and bringing us together. And this podcast is all about that. And I always invite you, if you know someone who wants to be on my podcast, if you want to be on my podcast, reach out to me at Karen, um, <laughs> Karen at shinenowornever.com. I just went blank whoop, with what my email was. So my apologies, but there we go. And before we went into break, my guest today is Stephanie Taylor and she's in the real estate. She's a broker. She's my broker and I love her. And we were talking a little bit about some of the stats or things um, that are happening and I would love, Steph, if you could just for a moment, maybe share some statistics that that's going on in the market right now, just to give our listeners an idea of the Utah market. And this is basically Utah market. It's not worldwide, correct? Yeah. So this is Utah market. And I just pulled up a quick bird's eye view snapshot. Um, and the place where you can go to find these, if you are a member of the public or if you're a member of the Utah Association of Realtors or a local association, would be at the uh, Utah Association of Realtors.com. Um, so it shows for home sales a one year change that we're down in actual sales 25.1% as of this month. So basically a quarter of our sales dropped off. And that makes sense based upon the interest rates that we talked about. It's way harder to get deals closed when people are spending um, at those inflated prices and now higher interest rates. And then um, home prices are up 17.8% from last year. So a little bit smaller than actually where they thought we would be. So we get most of our stats from the Kim Garner Institute at the University of Utah. And it's incredible the information that they have and where they pull it from. But basically they said, we're going to have 24.8% inflation um, on average over the last two years. And we believe that that's going to continue until the government comes out and says, hey, 
we need to increase these rates and curb some of this. So they mm-hmm. did that and it looks like we're at 17.8%. So that's good. It's trending down, but not plummeting. I know a lot of people right now are in this fear mindset of the fact that, oh my gosh, there's, you know, like interest rates have gone up. It's there's this affordability, but we're still at a really healthy inflation. Expect that, at least in my opinion, and what I'm hearing from different economists for that to decline a little bit. And um, again, my opinion, we should want that, right? We should want that inflation to balance a little because everything becomes more expensive. And uh, let's be honest, our, our incomes aren't going to keep up with all of this inflation. So mm-hmm. uh, we should be encouraging that. And then the um, homes for sale went up 90.7% in one year. So wow. So as of the last time I checked stats before this one, um, we had tripled the inventory, but we're up 90%. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's really, really crazy, but it's good. It's great for buyers. They have lots of options. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, the most important thing that they can do is to make sure that they work with a professional realtor who knows what they're doing, who can show them their successes and help them negotiate a good deal. There are options to buy down rates. There's options to do Utah housing, which is hundred percent financing. Um, there's a lot of amazing options for buyers out there so that they can take advantage of the fact that there's now double the inventory. Yeah. I mean, that's statewide in some places that's, you know, higher, lower, but, and the fact that they, they now don't have to give up most of the negotiating power to get into that home. So huge benefits. Um, just encourage everyone to find a local realtor that is actually um, a professional that can help them do what it is that they want to do, get into the home of their dreams. And, and, you know, I know I'm rambling, but sometimes buyers get so caught up in the home of their dreams that what they forget is it might just be getting into the market. That's the most important part. Sometimes people don't want to live with one bathroom, but I'll tell you, if you can afford a house, that's three bedroom, one bath and a thousand square feet. And it's nothing you want for the long term, but it gives you a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. It's just like anything else in life. That might be the home that builds wealth over time that you can then use as a rental and buy another home. You can use it to sell and use the money from it to buy a better home in the future. There are so many wonderful options. So changing the mindset of having like, I need everything I've ever wanted right now. And I need it at this price. And I need to push this budget might, might be the wrong way of looking at it. It might be, okay, well, what, what would make me happy enough now? What would be healthy for my family prevent us from having, you know, our rent go up next month or having to move again or whatever it might be that disrupts your life. And then decide if it makes sense for you right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. I think the millennials, um, are kind of, struggling in the point where they want their dream home because they've come from a place where maybe they were given everything or, you know, I, I look at my grown kids and as parents, you, okay, we enabled our kids. I'm sorry. I enabled my kid. <laughs> I'm being upfront here. And as parents, we did that because we want, as the next generation, we want them to have more than what we had growing up. And I think it's just that philosophy of that but there then there comes a point where their mindset is like well I want this because that's the house I grew up in and that's what feels like home and is this big and da 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 and it's like helping them come into perspective what maybe you get into a townhouse or maybe you just buy a little rambler one you know three bedroom 
carport home, slab yeah. on slab, and start, like you said, stepping stones. And I, I think that's so important for, for the millennials to understand that stepping stones are okay. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny going, going even deeper than that. I think, um, they, you get one of two sides. Um, and, and generationally this, this isn't, um, an opinion. This actually comes from a class that I took about, uh, different age gaps and the way that they see the world based upon how they were raised and their influences. And what's really fascinating is that they want something that's very nice, easy to maintain close to all of the stuff that they want to get to. Um, and a millennial, you know, again, based upon this information, not my opinion, would rather have one car instead of two live in a nice condo or townhome, you know, that's close to downtown instead Mm -hmm. of trying to have something where they have a lot to maintain goods and services are in higher demand of having someone mow your lawn, maintain something over the people that used to do it themselves. And, you know, there's generations where you, you never pay to have your lawn mowed. That's always something that you did, right? You would fix your own sprinklers, mm-hmm. you would repair your own toilet. And that's a huge shift. Um, but I think it's a good shift because we need all types, right? We need to support goods and services, but we also need the person who buys the lawnmower. Um, but I find that they just are afraid because they watch their parents go through 2009, 2010, and because no one ever explained to them because of their age, why it happened, you know, why it's, why it's not the same right now, it scares them about buying a house. And so they'll overpay for rent to live in something very nice and close to the Mecca instead of, you know, buying a modest home and building wealth that way, because that's, let's be honest, that's how you build wealth. Mm-hmm. Paying someone else's mortgage is not going to build wealth for you. I mean, I own quite a few rentals and I love it when when we have renters that want to do it, it's great for me in the long run. And there's always a market for both. But I think that that's a part of the reason why millennials are afraid is that they watched the struggles of their parents um, or the struggles of their neighbors or whatever. And the amount of short sales and, you know, doomsday fear on every news channel and from generations that watched the news. And so I, I, I think that that's part of where that comes from. And I think there's a shift as they get older. I mean, I'm, I'm technically, I think called a senior millennial. I don't know at the eight what I'm called, but it is funny because I, I don't match, you know, most stereotypes. Um, but I think that, I think I can understand where they're coming from. You know, mm-hmm. my father being in home building had millions of dollars of, of land and specs. And when the market crumbled, there was banks going out of business that he had lot loans with. And they're saying, well, we're going out of business. You need to find somebody else to loan on that. Otherwise it gets taken from you, even though you did nothing wrong. That's, that's traumatizing. And Mm -hmm. the only way that that didn't scare me out of, you know, buying my own home is that I was able to look at the information because of my personality, look at the statistics, figure out why this is different. And, um, you know, so I, I get it, but I, you're right. We do enable our children a lot. I try not to, it's very hard, but I have, I have five. So sometimes I get really tired. The oldest one is, you know, at a place where he's going to college and getting a degree in engineering and he's so responsible. And I think, gosh, we did everything right. And, but we still have four more to see. 
I don't know. They could prove us completely wrong. We're going to find out. <laughs> so I don't know. And that's the joy of it. That's just the fun of it. It's like, you're like, woo, you know, and my kids have all turned out great. They're giving back to society. And that's to me what it's about. You want your children giving back instead of taking, continue to take, right? You want them to be able to give back. And I think that's really important. How do you, Steph, how do you help others succeed? Um, so that's actually part of why I became a broker. I loved mentoring and helping people. So when someone comes to me with a question, and just like when you reach out and you're like, I need you to look at this form. I love being able to dive into that and offer references and statistics and, you know, kind of just help people with their own business to succeed because I think it makes our industry better as a whole. Mm -hmm. if, if I can share the, the expertise that I have with someone else or help them through a contract that might have some tricky language and they can come out better on the other side, it benefits our industry as a whole. So that's, that's part of what I do. It's just being a broker and then leading our association. Um, you know, I, I worked really hard to be a person that would want, you know, people would want to elect to that position, mm -hmm. um, because I want to be able to help them and help our industry as a whole. And you're, I love it because you are, you're on point. You're, you are actually doing what you say you're going to do and being in that position. Um, I think it's so important that people are doers and true to who they are, true to their word and helping the whole industry. I mean, I'm always so, you know, yeah, Stephanie's my broker and she's the president of that data. And they're like, what? <laughs> I just, I think it's so great. Um, I know there's people might ask you like, what makes you who you are? Like what makes Stephanie Taylor? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It's so funny because I wake up every day with this, like this insatiable need to check off, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, like we talked about right? Yeah, our calendar is very important for us. Yeah. I want to move stuff around on my calendar, figure out how to get the best stuff done, but it's incredibly important to me not to fail. And I don't know where that comes from. I could probably dive into my childhood, but, um, I, I really feel like it's just this, um, this drive to make sure that I'm the best at what I'm doing and that I say, you know, do what I say I'm going to do. Um, and I think that that just, the rest just kind of falls into place. And you've always been that way, correct? Even when you were younger? Yeah. Yep. I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder at a pretty young age. And I, um, I was always very structured <laughs> a little yeah. exhausting for my parents, but it's, uh, it's turned out to be something that I've figured out how to harness into something that helps me to be successful. And, mm -hmm. um, it's nice. and I think that's important understanding like your personality traits and what I'm all about leveraging, like, you know, like I am who I am. I love the fact that you, your statistics and that uh, where I'm not. Yeah. Cause to me, it's more about feeling or whatever, but in this industry and what we do, I think it's really important and knowing our personalities. And if I don't have the facts or the answers, I find someone that does. Yep. Someone I trust. That makes you good at your job because there's a lot of people who would rather wing it than figure out the information. So it's amazing that you go and you look for that because part of being a realtor and our code of ethics, 
is that we're going to be able to offer the best information possible to our clients. And if we're not the expert at it, that we tell them that we're not, but that we find that for them or that we find the right person for them if we're not that right person. So it takes all types. You are yeah. amazing at creating connections with people and, and loving you instantly in this energy about you. And, you know, I wish I had more of that. My, my personality doesn't um, quite flow in my opinion, the same way. And I always strive to be more like that. I strive to have um, a much more relaxed um, way about me and I, and it's a constant effort. So mm-hmm. yeah. well, I think we find the balance, right? You find the balance and you, you're just in, it's a constant balance. Yeah. You know, which is, it's constantly, the balance is always is moving up and just being aware of that. I think is so important. I know, um, I know you've heard me speak about labels and certain labels. And I just think I want the women who are listening to understand there's some labels that aren't like the best. Yeah. And have you ever felt like you've been labeled a certain way that you might've taken that label on and then down the road realized, no, that's not me. And kind of like, I'm getting rid of that label or that thing people think I am and becoming and involving who I want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try not to look at the, at the negative labels, um, and take those on because we all have different perspectives of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what's beautiful about that is that I can look at the successes I have and I can have good days or I can have bad days. Um, but for the most part, I can go, you know what, like what they think is not, is not my problem. If it's my client and it's someone I'm responsible to, um, rather than, you know, family or someone in the industry, you know, I respect if somebody has, you know, something, you know, a criticism they want to give me that I can work on, um, Mm -hmm. constructive, but for the most part, um, I feel like unless I need to live up to something for that person, it doesn't behoove me to worry about what they think, um, because they could think it for a lot of different reasons. And, um, that takes more energy than I have, honestly. (laughs) And I think that's such a healthy perspective on it. And I love that because to me, that's what, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about you except you. Yeah. And I do like the, um, constructive criticism and people, but then you can still decide, well, do I really want to work on that? Or do I want to, I mean, you have the choice or just kind of say, you know, that person doesn't really know the full me, but I'm grateful he was able to speak and tell me what he thought. Yeah. Yep. If it's my, if it's my spouse, if it's my children, you know, if it's someone, you know, close to me that understands who I am, and they need me to do something differently. I'm all about making myself a better person, especially Mm -hmm. them because I, I care about them deeply, but yeah, I agree. It's, you can make that choice because sometimes people have a whole lot of opinions that maybe are just unkind. Yeah. We've been kind of mean the last couple of years. I feel like we're finally getting to a place where we can kind of come out of that. So I know, I think it's, I think it's going to be, uh, Evolving is always good, right? Moving forward, moving up. Um, it's funny. One of my past clients, they talked about pivoting. 
like in with COVID and how people had to like really pivot and figure it out. And I, I started laughing. I go, when, when I think of pivoting, I feel like I'm on the basketball court and one foot stationed and I have to go, like, I felt like I was doing circles. Like I'm pivoting around and around and around. Nothing's going on. And she goes, well, you pivot upward. You move up, like pivoting up the ladder, moving up the ladder instead of on the, the little wheel going around, around, around. And I thought that was something that was very, that kind of just clicked with me going, sometimes you feel like we're on this wheel and we can't get off. Yeah. Have you ever felt that? And if so, were you able, what helped you like wake up moment? Like, oh my gosh. So something that I like to do with my 15 year old daughter who could find the negative in anything. I uh, sometimes I'm like, I don't know who you were raised by, <laughs> um, but is pivoting to the positive. So when she tells she'll digest her day and she literally will tell me everything down to like the salad she had at lunch. It's a lot, but when she verbally vomits all of that, and I'm sitting there listening, she wants that quality time. And she says, you know, a few negative things, you know, I'm like, all right, let's pivot to the positive. Tell me Tell me something about one of those situations or all of those situations that's good or help, help me see how you see it. And then let's find that positive together. So I, um, I think pivoting is a great word, but I use it as pivoting to the positive because that's what I talk about with her. I talk about it with my team. We do that once a month, the first Tuesday of the month, we talk about it. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this industry that can be difficult. There's a lot of, you know, things that can get you down. Um, mm-hmm. as with anything in life. Right. And so we talk about like, what's one thing you did this month where you pivoted to the positive and sometimes they're heavy, you know, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing to do that because you're right. Otherwise you're going in a circle and you're going to stay in a track of the same way of thinking. Um, and so that's, you know, it's definitely something I've done, but I feel like I've gotten better over the last few years of trying to find a better way of handling that. So at least I hope I have, I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask other people. What they think. <laughs> Do you feel like I'm pivoting to the positive? I, I think you are. I mean, I just, because you're aware and you're calling other people awareness to it. And to me, it's like you've learned and now you're helping others. And I'm a learner. Like I love learning and, and trying new things and just bettering who I am as a person and things like that. And then I want to be able to help other people in doing that. And I think that's what you're doing when you're bringing that pivot to the positive. I just wrote it down. Pivoting to the positive is going up on my wall because I love that. It's important that you pivot to the positive. And I feel like I'm a very positive person. You are. And I feel like you're always trying to help others be positive and encouraging of others and supportive of them. And that's a great quality. It's sometimes hard to find those people, especially when you're in a competitive industry. So it's incredible to me how hard you work to make other people feel good about themselves and to, to live in a, in a, in a space where you always seem so joyful and happy. And I don't know, you know, if you're having a bad day because you don't show it, you're always, you're always making sure that other people feel good and that you're not bringing them down when you're in that space, which is a beautiful quality. Well, thank you. We're about ready to close, but Stephanie, I would love you to share word of advice to not only our listeners, but maybe other women in the real estate business 
um, something that you can help guide them, you know, and what you just said, pivoting to the positive, that's like, woo, but you can't use that one. You got to use something else. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, um, you know, I, I think, and this is, this is my own, you know, personality. Mm -hmm. I think getting involved in anything that is, is government affairs is huge in our industry and anything in education, the more educated you are about our industry and things that are important to your business, the better off you're going to be and the more successful you're going to be. And we're always trying to find ways of like, how do I do this? How do I do this? Get the education. There's, there's resources with the national association, the Utah association, your local association. Um, there's people in our industry that are always holding classes get certifications, get de designations, do things to get involved and understand why this is so important and how you can be the very best at what you do. Because when you are, the rest just comes naturally. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about, you know, is this client going to call me or is this going to happen? Because I feel like I'm doing everything on a daily basis to make sure that I give back to my industry. So that's what I encourage other people to do. Um, women or not, I encourage them to go and get the education and be the best at what they do. And then the rest will follow mastermind with people appreciate other people's successes. Don't focus on the negative of did somebody else get this client or deal or whatever it might be. Be happy for other people. There's plenty of business to go around. We need to show the public that we are an industry worth respecting and to use us because we're professionals. I love that. Listeners, I hope you will remember that. Be the best you can in what industry field you are in. Continue with your education. Remember our two affirmations today. I promise to never divorce myself again and be the change you want to see in the world. Thank you for joining with us today, Stephanie. Thank you for being with, with us on this pod podcast, Now Women Ignite. Have an amazing day and thank you for being here now. Until next week, sending you all love and light. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Now, Women Ignite can be heard monthly on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We look forward to you joining us again.